the herd bumper on the front. I hate it. It covers up the beauty of the A-model hood, but I've taken out a few four-legged furry creatures, and it hasn't hurt the truck at all, so I guess the bumper has to stay. That was Evanston, Wyoming-based owner-operator Martin Herman talking about the deer catcher on the front of his beautiful 1970 Kenworth W9. A rig he rescued from the obscurity more than a decade ago and has been restoring and modifying extensively while running it ever since. I'm Todd Dills, and for this August 21st, 2020 edition of Overdrive Radio, we'll hear more of Herman's story. And I'll say that I hope you've been seeing the brakes maintenance and inspection-related coverage we've been updating from prior stories and or offering up a new this week in preps for next week's brake safety nationwide inspection event. Runs the full week of August 23rd through 29th. Of a piece with that, I sat in on a discussion with Texas uh, Department of Public Safety Major Chris Nordlow and CVSA's Will Schaefer yesterday that offered a little bit of insight into state's plans for the week, at least. For Texas, Brake Safety Week sounds a lot like road check, with a, without a huge uptick in inspections necessarily, but with a brakes focus for sure. There next week, coops are likely to be open, as they say. As Major Nordlow put it, at our fixed facilities, troopers will be focused on level one inspections. That's the most comprehensive vehicle and driver inspection level, of course. He was quick to point out that we do this day in and day out. But the enforcement campaigns allow states to in some ways harmonize what they're doing across North America with industry outreach and specific data collection aspects. Will Schaefer with CVSA in the same discussion recommended anyone interested in knowing what their own jurisdictions have planned for Brake Safety Week to reach out to the CVSA lead agency there. You can find contacts for each state and province via cvsa.org. Search lead agency contacts there. That's cvsa.org. Search lead agency contacts. There's a data collection effort ongoing for the week too around chafed hoses and other tubing. Uh, for the air system, as I wrote yesterday in an update of some coverage of performance-based brake testers. The CVSA-led data collection effort will see state inspectors and officers throughout the week paying close attention to such hoses, so be sure to pay close attention to the details there yourself ahead of it. As for Wyoming-based independent Martin Herman, he's sure to be ready. Today we'll talk inspections for sure, but more so his half-century-old 1970 Kenworth Needlenose W9. You may recall my brief overview of the rig from November last year. Since we talked then, I'd intended to get Herman back on the line for a closer look at the, at the exceptional rig. Herman's the guy who engineered replacement parts and even a turbo from a Cummins N14 retrofit to the Big Cam 3 that powered the KW. Since we talked last year, that motor is no more, though, as you'll hear. Before we get there, I couldn't help but ask about the brakes on the unit. The rear ends on that truck are 2005 four bag air ride and it's got the 2005 setup for brakes. They're shoes, they're not the disc brakes like the new trucks. It, it's old enough, it don't have steer axle brakes. I've got my opinions on those. They're on slick conditions, those steer axle brakes can break your your steer traction and, and uh, you lose control, so I'm not real big mm. on them. 
one thing I like about running the older truck. Anything before, I think it was 1978. Pretty arcane old rule here, but yeah, I looked it up. It's actually June 25, 1980, that's the cutoff date. A truck manufactured before that date is exempt from that. If they didn't come from the factory with them, they're not required. Mm -hmm. Kind of like my straight pipes. <laughs> if past history is any indication, and we'll get well into that over the course of this conversation, owner-operator Herman's sure to have things in top shape for the week upcoming, no matter the half-century age of the equipment. It's just a year shy of being old, as old as Herman himself. Our conversation was wide-ranging, and began with a more proper introduction to Herman and his truck for your listening edification. So here we go. My name is Martin Herman, um, owner of H&H &H Trucking out of Evanston, Wyoming. I haul uh, dust guard for the dirt roads in the summertime, and in the wintertime I haul salt and freeze guard for the, they spray it on the highways, keep it from icing up. I run full double tankers, usually gross around 110,000, pulling it with a 1970 W925 Kenworth narrow nose truck that's, all the components are pretty much updated except for the engine. I'm still running a big cam 2 400 Cummins. When I bought the truck, it had a big cam 3 Cummins in it, 400, and it barely ran. The transmission was shot. It had a five and a four. The main box was shot. The clutch was out of it. Uh, kind of just a roller truck. But over the course of the past 12 years, I've been restoring it. Two years ago, I stripped it down to bare aluminum and fiberglass and completely repainted it. So the same color the truck was when I got it, but I redone the stripes a little different. The bottom part of the arrow is the moving on truck stripe. And then the top stripe is actually from the Seminole Kenworth paint job. They're both Kenworth paint jobs, but I like that top stripe better from the Seminole than I did from the moving on truck. When I got the truck, it had a big cam three, 400 cumbins in it. And every time something on it went wrong, I'd replace it with parts off of an M14 Cummins, um, oil pump, oil cooler, it had a direct drive aluminum fan when I started. Now I've put the the air air clutch fan on it. It's got the an, an 11 blade heavy haul fan blade on it. Turbo off an N14. I had custom injectors and the pump set up to match the turbo, so it was putting out way more than 400 horsepower. And then I blew it up two months ago and went back in with a new big cam 2 400 and eventually one of this is through break-in i'll put all that n14 stuff back on this motor kind of pick up where i left off on the first one yeah it's a 14.6 13 speed and the 14.6 actually came with an external oil cooler anything earlier than that didn't have the oil cooler and they didn't tend to hold up to horsepower very well and when I got the truck, it had the smaller drive lines in it, <clears throat> the 1700 series drive lines, and I put 1800 series in it. So the drive lines are new from the front to the back. The rear ends are 2005. Transmission was new last January. 
and I put the motor in it in the uh, first part of July. The motor that I've got now, a good friend of mine had a 1977 Peterbilt that had been sitting in his yard for two years. The motor that was in it only had a few miles on it from an out-of-frame major overhaul, and I acquired the truck from him and put the motor out of it in mine. I chased this truck through two owners. I'd been talking to a guy that had it for sale, and a friend of mine bought the truck, and he messed around with it for a couple of years and then sold it to me. Have you been running it that entire time that you've had it for the past, what, a decade or more? Yeah. Um, started out, I, I used to teach high school auto shop here in Evanston, Wyoming, and I'd teach school all winter and then drive truck all summer, and I was going down to Colorado. I'm originally from Colorado. I'd go down there and haul grain during the summer with it and then come back up here and teach all winter. I did that for five or six years, and then I've been on this uh, dust guard and freeze guard run for this is my fourth year. So, yeah, I've been running the truck as I rebuild it. The first couple of years, obviously, I didn't. It needed a lot of work. But right. I've the last two years I've run, uh, I ended my education career and went full-time in the truck. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the last two years has been uh, around the clock seven days a week, five days a week, whatever I can get running the truck. And when it comes to the interior of, of it, it looks, it, it's, it's just great. The transformation is amazing. And I mean, I just think, well, that, I, uh, I think that's one of the most, one of the most uh, sort of eye catching parts of the whole thing. You know, when I'm looking at the pictures that you sent me, what, what all did you do there? How involved was that? When I first got the truck, the only interior it had was door panels. The, the back wall was all just black carpet somebody had put in it and no headliner. They had taken the roof air off of it, the air conditioner, and put a camper skylight on it, and that wasn't going to cut it with me. So I purchased a new air conditioner for the roof and put it all back together, and I custom-made the whole headliner uh, where the radios and stuff go, this cedar. And then uh, I've redone the whole back wall with, factory Kenworth uh, Seattle kit interior that I purchased out of another cab. It's got two brand new seats in it, new carpet, pretty much everything but the door panels I did custom. Um, did you put the sleeper on it? I did. When I got it, it was a day cab. Um, it had originally had a sleeper on it, but they were using it just to haul hay on their ranch, so they took the sleeper off. And uh, I acquired the sleeper off of another restoration, um, 74 Kenworth W925 that I did. Most people wanted a day cab and I wanted the sleeper. So we ended up trading out some of the labor for the sleeper and I painted it to match the truck and put it on there. You can catch a couple pictures of that 1974 via the Channel 19 blog post that houses this podcast. The Resto project was undertaken by a friend of Martin Herman's in Cokeville, Wyoming, whose grandfather had bought the unit. Herman's friend wanted the restoration done in honor of him. Visit overdriveonline.com slash channel19 to find pictures there, housed in the August 21st, 2020 post on the blog. You're doing restoration work for others. Yeah, yeah I've, I've restored 
<clears throat> several trucks. I'm really partial to the A model Kenworth. Um, I've got a cousin named Jim Madsen in Grand Junction, Colorado. He works for Colorado Kenworth in Grand Junction. And him and I together have pretty much been in and out of trucking our whole life. And we've restored some together. And then mine and the one that I got the sleeper off of, I did myself. I put Sirius radio in it. It's got two uh, Rockford Fosgate 10-inch amps or 10-inch subs and a 1,000-watt amp. Um, it's got a flat-screen TV in that little sleeper and all that fun stuff. I imagine you might be a good source for uh, um, all manner of small uh, jobs that uh, that others can do themselves. My cousin that I was telling you about from Grand Junction, he's he's real educated with the A model cameras. He's always helping people. So the two of us together, we've we've got quite a bit of experience around the A model Kenworths. I restored a 78 Bandit Trans Am, brand new from the ground up, and this truck gets so much more attention than that car ever did. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that uh, you're out there. I mean, how many miles are you putting on, um, you know, monthly, yearly um, in that I average, I average, give or take, 500 miles a day. You know, there'll be short days and then there'll be long days. Uh, I've had right. it in 11 states over the last four years. I've been to the Canadian border. I've been to the New Mexico border. Boy, it sure gets a lot of attention on the road. Man, everybody's always talking to me on the radio. Or I I know a guy now, but before I knew him, every time I'd see him, he'd have his phone up in the windshield video on my truck coming at him, and then he'd send the video <laughs> through Facebook. We've got to be pretty good friends now, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Almost makes you feel famous. <laughs> you know, business-wise, how it sounds like what you what you've got going there is a pretty steady uh, steady contract with these folks. Has it? I was going to ask. Has it remained so? Is that things going okay through this? Uh, what do you What have you been thinking about in those terms lately? Um, I'm really happy with where I'm at. Everybody always talks about greener grass, you know, and it seems like they'll try to convince me to steer away. And then before I even really consider it, their thing falls apart. And I work for a company called Dustbusters and here in Evanston, and they are the greatest people. They take such good care of me. My truck runs pretty much every day. Uh, we got slow seasons, but they managed to keep me rolling. They've even had me run for the competition a couple of times just to keep me busy. <laughs> Zero complaints with the people I work for and uh, the work. It's I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. They're pretty good people. I mean, you're hauling with your authority, right? And, uh, but you're, hauling, yeah, you're pulling their trailers. I, all I do is lease their trailers and uh, haul for them. I'm actually running all on my own i have since i started I've had my dot number for 30 years in fact i should probably share with you about a month ago dot showed up and escorted me down to their portable 
inspection spot and went through my truck and both trailers and I got a sticker and was pretty pretty proud of that for a nineteen seventy Kenworth running down the highway to get to get the stickers. That was quite an accomplishment I felt. Yeah, did is that something that you requested like a terminal inspection kind of thing? No, they uh, had a portable scale set up, and I didn't have to go through them. I was turning before them, but they came over and asked me if I wanted to come down and have the truck inspected. I didn't feel like I had an option out, so I drove down there and had them go through it and all the paperwork and no violations. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's that's something to uh, write home about with a piece of nineteen seventy equipment. Well, people sure. wanted to frame the paperwork they gave me. I keep wanting to frame the inspection report that they printed out for me. <laughs> <laughs> where where was that? Was that was that there in Wyoming? Yeah, here in Evanston. We, there's a yeah. port of entry uh six miles outside of town, but they set up their portable on uh, little two lanes and catch the traffic that's not on the interstate but they're pretty awesome guys um good to work with uh Kent Hutchison is one of the inspectors out there and he is he'll go way out of his way to educate you um he'll actually come in and do a Q&A with all the drivers you know with like our changes of duty and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll come in and educate us before it's uh, a violation or an issue so that we all know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, pretty good group of guys. Do you find yourself um, getting inspected a lot out there, um, or is this, uh, was this kind of a rare event for you? Um, I've been through, I run through, on an average every day, I run through at least four different times through a port. And I've got pre-pass, so 99% of the time I pre-pass through. Um, I have had this Kent Hutchison I was talking about. I've had him inspect my truck every year since I started. We do deal with the OT a lot. I run an ELD type app on a tablet for a logbook instead of paper. Yeah, which one? I like keep trucking. It's pretty simple to run, and I've had no issues with it at all. Yeah. The DOT people really, really like the fact that it's digital instead of paper, and I feel like there's less room for error just in your your penmanship, you know. I start out, I usually write my name really good, and then by the time I'm done for the day, it's like Charlie Brown wrote it. <laughs> so it's just more professional and it logs my times and um it's not gps controlled like the newer trucks but it's it's way better than a paper log yeah i know a lot of guys that have the eld uh, exempt trucks but uh yeah i mean they're not doing paper anymore they're doing something like you're doing there what's that right i think that the electronic logs protect the driver i really do a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like them but i think it's a safety safety factor for the driver sometimes people push push the driver so hard that they don't feel that they have a choice mm-hmm. and this ELD movement really changed that 
a lot of people yeah, probably don't talk course. as highly of the DOT employees that I do, but right. when you've got guys around you that are willing to educate you and and uh, work with you rather than just punish you, yep. to me, that's worth speaking out about. With Brake Safety Week upcoming next week, keep owner-operator Herman's words in mind should you be pulled in for one of those level ones that will be taking place with emphasis on brakes. Like a capable hand I know well, longtime former owner-operator and my colleague here at Overdrive, Gary Books. Herman too sees real value in good relationships with the men and women of enforcement inspecting trucks day in and day out. That extra pair of well-trained eyes can prove invaluable when it comes to catching issues before they start to become a real problem. Can't the inspector, you know, four eyes looking at that truck are way better than just my two. And I would way rather have his opinion of the truck than wreck it or hurt yeah. anybody. And having that relationship uh, there with him so that you're able to kind of get that second pair of eyes on your own equipment uh, has got to be pretty valuable in terms of just kind of confidence on oh, the nerves part. Yeah. You bet. It's not, it's nice to know. And, you know, it's, it's legal for people to do their own, if they're a mechanic, to do their own annual inspections. I refuse to do that because, um, again, that's another set of eyes on, on your equipment. And uh, it's somebody else signing off saying that it's safe, you know. Another thing about owner-operator Herman's 1970 Kenworth. When we spoke last year, he was still describing the steering as Armstrong. That is, of course, no power steering. But here's the latest on that score. I just put power steering on it last winter. It's been oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> been Armstrong yeah. all along until I finally done that. It does have power steering now. I bet that's a um, that's a bit sort of a change in the uh, in the the daily experience of the truck, huh? Yeah, it's not quite as tiring to drive it. You know, in your eleven-hour shift and. The thing that I like about the power steering on the icy roads is it reacts faster. You know, if you'd happen to break traction, you can you can counter steer it faster, and you don't have to turn the steering wheel as far to do it. You put that in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's touched it but me for the last twelve years. Don't know if I told you, but I sold a dirt bike <laughs> and bought the truck. I gave. 4000 for the truck. I sold the dirt bike for 3500 Okay, so that's how you financed your purchase, your original purchase? The original purchase, yeah. And then the black Trans Am that I was telling you about, I sold it for 30000 okay. and dumped every bit of that back in the truck the first two years. I would hate to guess at what I've got in that truck. If I sit down and add it all up, it's probably between fifty and $70,000. I've got a 60-inch flat-top A-model sleeper for it that I don't have painted to match yet, but it will be going on there. A little more room. Yeah. What's on there now? Is it? Uh, it's like 36. almost a coffin, basically. Yeah, it's a 36-inch coffin. Yeah. When I put it on there, they were both crawl-through uh, holes to get in it. I didn't have a whole lot of trouble with that, but my wife didn't like it. So I God. cut the holes out and made it a sit-in. And then when I do the 63 or the 60 inch walk in, I'll put a the hole, I'll cut the hole out for a walk in. I also put one of the no idle heaters in it for the winter time that runs on diesel. 
that that was pretty sweet. It's too much heater for that little sleeper, but <laughs> kind of like an oven in there. For warmth otherwise, Herman's cousin handmade a quilt that matches the color of the truck. And in the warmer months, the Kenworth, never outfitted with any factory-style air conditioning, is cooled with a roof unit by Red Dot, whose model name the owner-operators modified a bit. Visit the August 21st post on the Channel 19 blog to see just what I mean by that. Find more pictures of the rig, too, there. That's overdriveonline.com slash channel19. And stay tuned for a video treatment, combining a myriad of stills, some in-progress shots, and more of the 70 Kenworth. Until next time, everybody keep it safe. called a red dot air conditioner and I was feeling stupid one day and put F and cool on there. <laughs> <laughs>